When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Uh, Mate, you need to lay into your hairdresser to be quite frank. <laughs> dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, my God. You, no, you've done that Australian thing. Toby, what, what's happened to you? What's the Australian thing? Well, you know, the completely pointless shit just above the ear and right. then down. It's kind of like semi-Jeff Lemon. I mean, there's that flanker in the rugby teams doing it in the England side. Curry. Tom Curry, yeah. Yeah, not, not Mark Curry. He's a guy who's on, on Blue Peter. Tom Curry, as well as almost every Australian creature in the Big Bash. Well, sounds, absolute... What the fuck? It sounds like it's very fucking... sounds like it's very fucking popular from where I'm sat. sounds like everyone's got well, it. popular? Tasteless? <laughs> popular amongst the tasteless populations of Australia and Tom Curry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh right i'll take it away cheers sal thank you mate um dan even by your low standards you were here before our, our esteemed guest uh sorry our esteemed guest was here before you for fuck's sake yeah i'm so i'm sorry about that I, I i genuinely i i got my time mixed up and uh yeah uh the university challenge didn't finish quite as early as i hoped it would what you mean that show that's been going for about 100 years and always finishes at the same time Correct. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's just I'd forgotten to put my I forgot to put my ashtray lighter and uh, wine cooler because I I've realised now I get through so much wine during one episode of this that I need to have a wine cooler in my right. room. Right. <laughs> Otherwise, the wine gets warm. So I'm not sure that's a good sign of our of our, what our company's like. But right, let's get into it. Right, here we go. Hello and welcome to another episode of Zero Ducks Given and I am joined as ever by Mr. Stephen Finn and Mr. Daniel Norcross. Let's start with Finney, let's check in with Finney. How is pre-season training going, Finney? You still bowling absolute dibbly-dobblers, medium paces? I mean, is there any more to that sentence or is that it? No, I'm just asking if you're still bowling the, the pies that I saw you posting on Twitter and Instagram a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, we moved on to grass today, actually. So we've we've had our first outdoor net of the season on February the fourteenth, and uh, and yeah, it was probably about three for three for twelve or eight overs, I reckon. So uh, we, we take that first up. 
Well, it's nice they let you bowl at the under-10s. I actually did bowl at a 17-year-old. <laughs> I was going to say, didn't Sussex go out, didn't they put out the youngest ever county championship side that has ever existed in the history of all time in the uh, last game of the season, last season? Yeah, they did, but that was the summer holidays and uh, we're currently in school, so it's only the older guys around at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> you must feel like Norcross feels on this podcast every week, Finney. You must feel so old. Not drunk. I don't feel drunk whilst I'm at training. I wouldn't do that. I don't um, feel drunk. Yeah. I don't feel drunk. You just I are. Feel, I feel 100% sober. It just turns out that I am drunk. <laughs> <laughs> That's a story of Norcross's life in many ways, isn't it? And how's the batting going, Finney? Because, you know, lest we forget, and I'd like to remind you of this constantly before the season starts, you did a few weeks ago say that you were batting like a right-handed Matthew Hayden in the nets. Yeah, I didn't pick up the bat today. I've been in such good form that I felt it was unnecessary for me mm. to have a bat in the net. So I said, don't worry about it and let the guys who need the practice have a hit. Because, Is that um, because yeah. Joffre was back? Uh, he was back, but he wasn't bowling, <laughs> which I was quite glad about. He was just in the gym getting um, his elbow physioed by the England physio who'd turned up. So I was quite happy about that. Has he got an ETA on his return, Joffre Archer? No, not that, not that I know of. I, I'm not 100% sure, but he bowled yesterday in the nets, through to the back of the net. There, there is some news. There is some news on Joffrey's return. Tim Wigmore wrote today in the Telegraph. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's only partial news, which is that he's unlikely to play any test matches for England this summer, but there is expectation that he'll be back for the 100. So uh, there's no, no news on when he'll be back for Sussex, but he might be back for the 100, um, I mean, it, time. It shows how good Joffre Archer is that despite his injury... He fetched £783,000 in the IPL auction. Finney, you didn't go for a single penny and Joffre Archer of one elbow is worth £783,000 more than you. Well, may I remind you that the couple of years that I could have potentially been sold in the IPL, I sent my auction papers into the ECB to say, can I put myself into the auction? And, and I just got a flat email back saying no. No, you can't. <laughs> you have to come and play for Middlesex against Derbyshire at the Derbyshire County Ground in April to prove that you're good enough to play Test cricket for England. So I was never allowed, unfortunately. You, you, you certainly. I mean, talk about butterfly effect and sliding doors. I mean, you would not be doing this podcast if that contract had gone through. You'd be living up right now in a mansion. Instead, you're sat in your flat in Haywards Heath, chatting to us every week on this well, podcast for no money. It, it would probably warrant me being able to do it more because at the moment, this wastes literally an hour and a half of my week for absolutely nothing. No reason, no enjoyment, no happiness, no money, mostly. And, and I have to give up 90 minutes of my week to come here and do it. If I was rich, I actually might not mind it because it might occupy my time. Welcome to my world. I, I am rich. And, and he's right. You, you, just, you just don't mind it. Once you've done TV, um, you know, frankly... Pitching up on these kind of podcasts is a breeze. I mean, you know, I'm still isolating because of COVID, so I've got nothing better to do. And uh, and seeing Finney so utterly miserable obviously brings a gladness to my heart. Correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, but didn't you work for the official Ashes broadcasters? That's correct. Yeah, yeah. Here yeah. in the UK. That's right. The, the, the official Ashes TV rights holders mm. in the UK, BT Sport. Yes. No. And, uh, and lovely they were too. And uh, I'm really very much looking forward to watching their, their coverage, their exclusive coverage of the West Indies versus England series, which is coming up on BT Sport. 
uh, because they are the official rights holders uh, for uh, English cricket at the moment uh, when the next series comes up. Uh, So I urge you all to go in that direction. (laughs) Very well said, sir. Now, the IPL auction leads us seamlessly into our esteemed guest who is joining us. We've got a couple of guests joining us in this week's podcast. We're going up in the world. Uh, But our first guest today is the one and only, the very lovely Mr. Richard Madley, the first ever auctioneer at an IPL auction. And he was the auctioneer up until 2017 as well. Richard, how are you, mate? Good to see you. Oh, I'm very well indeed. Thank you uh, very much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to have you here. Now, I want to I want to pick your brains about the IPL auction because it's a bizarre, fascinating event. Uh, it seems to go on for about 15 hours longer than it than it needs to. And I'd like to see it from from your point of view when you're stood up on that. I've already forgotten the word. I was going to say lectern. Is it a rostrum that an auctioneer stands behind? Uh, uh, very good. Uh, yeah, uh, an auctioneer stands on a rostrum and he bangs a gavel. Uh, those are the uh, those are the, the the two main ingredients. But of course, you know we had high drama in the IPL auction this week. Uh, nothing to do with uh, the prices paid for Jofra Archer or for Hishan Kishan, but the auctioneer actually collapsed midway through the auction. Massive amount of drama, and um, he's actually a good friend of mine. His name is Hugh Edmonds, and um, he took over when I uh, when I hung up my gavel in 2018. He, he took over from me, uh, and uh, he he passed out uh, on on stage, live on stage. Uh, in a room full of the bidders who'd come with all their crore rupees to spend at the auction, being beamed out live across India, and 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 his rostrum fell off the side of the uh, of the stage. It dropped down about four feet, and Hugh came down after it. I just not. He lay there, and we all were thinking the worst. However, he's fit and well, uh, and uh, he's back in L- London now. So I'm very pleased to. To say I spoke to him this evening and uh, we're going out for a few beers next week. Can you, can you tell me, Richard, what, what was what was the last bid that he took before he collapsed? Ah, uh, that's a good question. Very good question uh, because um, the bid was at within crore rupees now. Remember, so he was at uh, ten crore seventy five lakh. So he was at ten point seven five, about a million. About a million um, pounds for the um, Sri Lankan uh, old rounder, uh, whose name is on the tip of my tongue. But as Saranga, yeah, very good, very very good. So, so so the bidding was uh, it had gone up in in, in uh, for the last fight, and suddenly at a million and seventy five, he fell off his perch. Now they then suspended the auction, and they went and they scrabbled around, and they they luckily found a part-time auctioneer who happened to live around the back of the hotel in Bangalore. It's bizarre, really. Uh, and uh, he put a suit on, polished up very well, slicked his hair back, uh, put the silk hanky in his top pocket. And uh, within about, well, I would say, two hours, they restarted the auction, which was brilliant, really. So, And he stood on stage and said, and we'll now continue the bidding for Mr. Asaranga. And um, is there any further bidding? And they said, no. And bang his hammer came down but it had taken them two and a half hours to sell it to sell the player so they can claim that as a record <laughs> must be quite nice if you're that Sri Lankan player knowing that whatever happens you're going for a million quid it's not the worst two hours anyone's ever spent uh, Richard I want to ask you about the first time how the hell did you end up being the IPL auctioneer did, did, did uh, you get a phone call one day and they went here you've heard about this new tournament you don't fancy doing the auction do you 
Well, I'll tell, there, there's, there's two lines. There's two answers. That I'll, I'll tell you them both. But the, the official line is, I say that, that I was um, that I was a, a career auctioneer, which which I was, uh, who specialised in cricket memorabilia. That I worked in the United States for ten years, so I was fluent in selling in dollars uh, as well as uh, as well as pounds, uh, and that I had all the credentials, the ideal person to to do the job they were looking for. Uh, the truth is, the guy in charge of IMG cricket was a guy called Andrew Wildblood. He was my opening bowler at school, and I was his glove man. And uh, I, I never dropped anything off him. So he, yeah, he's, he, he wound me up and said, Mathis, look, there's this gig coming up. He said, I don't know if you're interested, but um, I think it's got your name all over it. And he explained, I said, no, you're crazy, absolutely crazy. What? An auction of cricketers. Wildblood. He said, no, no, I've got this guy called Lalit Modi who's got this brilliant idea and let's do it. And I said, okay. Uh, so off I went and I, and I went in as a, to, to write, I wrote the uh, conditions of sale for them because I was a yeah, trained auctioneer and we worked out all the rules and the bidding regulations and the reserves. And then they said, have you ever been to India before? Not yet. Well, bring your passport with you because we're getting you a fast track visa. And I was on the plane to Mumbai uh, within five days with my gavel polished. Uh, and uh, off I went and um, took the auction uh, when cricket changed forever that day. And uh, I was there in the Oberoi Hilton, Mumbai, on the day that uh, the, the, the MS Dhoni sold an auction for $1,500,000 and the IPL was up and running. Wow. Char- Charlie Ross must be absolutely furious. I mean, basically, Charlie Ross is the Stephen Toast to your Ray purchase in this situation, isn't he? I mean, <laughs> basically, you have you you have taken Charlie Ross's favourite uh, possible gig. Uh, well, uh, yeah, Ros- Roscoe has uh, Roscoe, along with every other auctioneer in the world, has said, "How on earth did you get that gig, Mathers?" And of course, you know, I spun them the first story. Yeah, little do they know that Wildblood is my best friend. So, they, <laughs> so, so, so Roscoe would never have got the gig. In fact, no other auctioneer, because Wildblood only knows one auctioneer, and he happens to be his best mate. Um, so, but Roscoe, <laughs> I don't know, you know, you, well, you know Charlie, Charlie Ross, don't you, Toby? I mean, he does all the tavernous yeah. gigs. Yes. He, he is a great auctioneer. He really, I rate him as probably the best auctioneer in the world. Uh, Hugh Edmeads is is up there as well, and I'd like to think I you know I'd, I'd be just snapping at their at their heels. But but for Roscoe, it's all it's about show. It's about it's about energy and let's get the prices up and down. Now in the IPL, remember, yeah, it's very different to any other auction that that you do. In that the auctioneer has no interest at all in the prices going up. Why should he? He's mm. he's paid an appearance fee. I mean, certainly a satisfactory appearance fee. But normally, an auctioneer is incentivized to get the bidding up. Come on now, we're a hundred now. Go to twenty, two forty, two. Come on, let's go two eighty. Whereas in the IPL, the only people who benefit from high prices are the players. And so, of course, they love the prices going up, but the owners have got no interest at all in those high prices. It's, it's taking the money out of their purses. So the style of auctioneering is actually quite reserved. You know, I don't start running around the stage like Charlie Roth does, trying to squeeze an extra 20 crore <laughs> out the Kolkata Knight Riders and rush over to the Royal Challengers Bangalore and ask if they want to go 40 crore. It's a much more reserved 
uh, performance. So, so you so, don't go something like, you know, look, Sunrisers, you've not got a single main hitter in your top five. You've got to buy someone who's going to smash it out of the Where's park. your fucking mystery <laughs> spinner, guys? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Come um, on, Finney. He's, he's only 20 grand. And he'll yeah. do you a job, a couple of overs here and there. I mean, look at him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but they, they'd hide behind the excuse, oh, we'd very much like Mr. Finn in our team, but we are only allowed four overseas players, Mr. Richard. So, that, therefore, it's unlucky that people like Finney don't quite make the cuts. And you just remember, I mean, everybody talks about the high prices and the rock and roll stuff. What about the poor losers? And nobody ever talks about the guys who don't make it in the IPL. You know, they oh, were, we, we have spoken about him. <laughs> yeah, fin, fin, I was going to say, Finney's right here if you want to talk about it. Please, <laughs> please talk about it at length, Richard. Come on, Finney. How many times did you put your name down for that IPL auction? What, as in how many times did I put it in? Yeah. And no, I think, I think actually only once or twice. I wouldn't have done it for the last three or four years because it's pointless. And before that, I was on a central contract a lot of the time. So it's probably only one year, to be honest, that I put my name in. I got an email from the ECB, actually. It's the first time they emailed me about the IPL. And they were like, we've had a request for you to put your name into the auction. Do you want to do it? And I was like, fuck yeah. Okay, why not? <laughs> so I've like gone through the forms, put them in, set your reserve price, whatever. And then you sit there waiting. It's like overseas capped bowlers. And you're like, right, here we go. <laughs> International <laughs> capped bowlers. And then your name just never gets read out. And you literally just sat there like, I think now there's an order. So I think now they released the order before. But yeah, I was sat there this one time watching it thinking, when's he going to read my name out? Not yet. <laughs> and then watched it for about three hours and then was like, fuck this, I'm going to go and do something tonight waiting around. <laughs> it is brutal. I mean, Ad- Adil Rashid is the one that strikes me as, as genuinely extraordinary. Because, yeah, I think there was a time when Finney actually could well have been playing IPL, you know, exactly the time he talks about. Um, but Adil Rashid, and what, what is it about being one of the best T20 bowlers of the entire world, but you don't get picked. Uh, comes to Newcastle. I mean, they, they, they'll say they've got plenty of their own there. And uh, I'll tell you that they love Moeen Ali. Uh, Moeen is, you know, is, he is, he is, I mean, he was a retained player. I mean, he didn't even need to go into the auction. Uh, so so that, that is the ultimate accolade of any player in the IPL is when they're told, Everyone's going back in the auction, but your franchise can hold back up to four key players who they don't want to let go of. You know, and Mo was held held back by the uh, Chennai Super Kings. What an accolade! I mean, just a massive, uh, massive uh, show of respect. The other thing is, it is the Indian Premier League, and you know, whatever anybody says, you know, it, they those young Indian players are the future. They're the future of of the in the IPL. They're the future of the Indian cricket team, and those guys are available 365 days a year for for endorsements. You know, they're there to to promote the event. The overseas players fly in and fly back. I mean, the English players don't like even stay till the end of the tournament normally. They've got Derbyshire against Middlesex at Chesterfields, and uh, and they have to be back for more important things. Yeah, completely. I mean, you mentioned earlier, but uh, Ishan Kisha, £1.5 million. And uh, speaking of the England boys, Liam Livingston's a very happy man. £1.1 million Liam Livingston went for, but you can understand why. He bats, he bowls, he does it all. 
lit up the hundred, of course. Richard, we're going to let you go because we've got Kate Cross joining us. But will you come back and join us again at LA today? Because it's been magnificent having you on, mate, and it's good to see you. Been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. Cheers, Richard. See you at Lord's event soon. Cheers, Thanks, guys. Get me on it. Get me on Celebrity Antiques Road Trip. Oh, he's gone. He's gone. Yeah, yeah. Can, pussy. Well, pussy. Heard, you had to say it after he'd gone. I heard that. No, no, no. I heard, I, I heard it. <laughs> you, you know, it's, it's, it's my life's dream, Richard. It's my life's dream. Oh, God. I, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll do a swap. Charlie Ross wants to be on TMS. Happy to do that. All right. All the best. Bye. Cheers, Richard. <laughs> See you, Richard. If you went on Antiques Roadshow, Daniel, would you be the fucking <laughs> antique? I've got an image of them just stood around you going, well, it's not what it used to be, but I reckon no, we could fetch a tenner not- for it. It's not Antiques Road Show, Toby. It's Antiques Road Trip, where I get to wander around with the fantastic Christina Trevanian, by the way. Could it be Christina Trevanian? And uh, I get to go to places like Annick and um, somewhere in Shropshire and uh, knock things over in a very crowded antique shop and, um, you know, buy stuff without using my money. It's brilliant. It's fantastic. It's all I've ever wanted. God, do you know what? I hope you do get that gig because it would just at least shut you up for five minutes. Uh, Can you make it on a Monday night, actually, please? Make sure it's on a Monday night. Oh, please. Fucking listen to you. Well, I I could could do it from from an antique shop on a Monday night. Very happy. I can zoom in anywhere. Technology is a fantastic thing, Philly. No, it's not. You'll be late. We've been doing this podcast for a year. I could show you a delicious technology. I could show you a Queen Anne armoire I'm thinking of buying, along with uh, maybe a couple of Japanese parasols. I, I know, I know how you make money off this program. <laughs> God, God. I mean, and and uh, without further ado, I get to immediately introduce our second guest of a busy podcast. Uh, the brilliant Kate Cross is here. Hello, Kate. Lovely to see you. And I'm so sorry you you haven't been on Zero Ducks Given in months, and you finally come back, and you're in the middle of one of Dan Norcross's really boring fucking anecdotes. And I'd love to say... It's not an anecdote. It's not an anecdote. It's a tirade tirade against humanity that won't let me be on Celebrity Antiques Road Trip. I was made for it. Made for it. I'd love to say he hasn't been talking non-stop since you were last with us, but he literally has. Kate, it's lovely to see you. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thanks. Weirdly, weren't we talking about Celebrity Antiques Roadshow on... On the crossover that we did, oh, almost certainly, it's all it's all I ever think of. Mate. It's all I ever think. Of. I've had COVID, right? But so I've binge watched Celebrity Antiques Road Trip, and one of the reasons we've got you on here today is because we need to talk about how you keep yourself going in these dismal, dark times of isolation, when all that's left in front of you is all of choice. There's so much choice out there, right? And uh, it's doing my bloody head in because I've basically done every single recommendation that I think I've been given so far. And I've even in the last four days, cause I've had COVID I've been watching back to back 1970s dystopian drama survivors based on the idea that 4,999 out of every 5,000 people died in a pandemic. So what are they left to do? And it's basically forage for spaghetti hoops. And, it, and it's quite fun. Actually, I quite like it. But I'm running out of fucking TV, Kate, and I need some suggestions because it's doing my head in. I think I've got another 14 hours of quarantine to go. Help me. Kate, where are you at on your isolation journey? I should should add a bit of context to this. Uh, So you are now in New Zealand ahead of the Women's World Cup. You've got to quarantine when you get there for how long? Uh, so when we got here, we got told 10 days. And then yesterday we got told it's been reduced to seven days. So Woo-hoo. we're day five at the minute. 
So yeah, a couple of days left. But Dan, I tell you what I watched yesterday, which is absolutely mad. The Tinder Swindler. Have you watched that? Oh, oh yeah, I've done that this week. That's on my yeah. list. And it's what how long is it? Four hours? Two, two no. hours. Two? Mm, okay. Yeah. Okay. Worth it though. Worth it. It's, it's I need actually... more than two, but yes, two two's a good start. Two will get me through the next You'll two take, hours. It will take you two hours to work out what Tinder is. It's point in you watching <laughs> that. <laughs> Pointing down watching Tinder Swindler. Well, I'm fascinated to see how young people have messed up their lives <laughs> since the internet arrived. It's very enjoyable for me. Uh, a genuine question because I've, I've, when I see the England boys on on tour now, and I follow them all on Instagram, and they're all uploading pictures of their their sort of Xbox gaming setup, and it seems like they've got an entire surround sound TV system with an Xbox plugged in and four controllers and all the works and stuff. Finny. I can't believe the setups these England boys have got now. Ben Stokes posts like the best gaming setup I've ever seen when he's on the other side of the world. How much has that changed? When you first started touring of England, in my mind, it's, you know, you, you, took, a deck of, yeah, 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 you, you took a deck of cards and Sabutio, didn't you? It's unbelievable the setups nowadays. Uh, well, you might be losing your hair at the rate of someone who suggests that they're a lot older than you are, but we're pretty <laughs> similar age. And PlayStation's existed 12 years ago when I made my test match debut and but the the carry screen so I've got one of those carry cases that the boys have so it's basically a suitcase with a tv screen inside it that you link your playstation up to and you just literally plug the back of it into a plug socket and you're away and playing there and then so in the airport wherever you want to play you play it but 12 years ago I carried a projector around with me because these cases hadn't been invented so I carried a massive like overhead projector <laughs> with me away on tour with my, it was an Xbox. I was an Xbox man at that stage. And we used to have PlayStation tournaments in my room with the projector projected all over the wall. It'd take a lot of shuffling of furniture. You'd have to find a blank wall. And if there wasn't one, you'd literally rip the hotel room to shreds trying to find enough space to get this 100 inch projector onto the wall. So um, that was always good fun and that occupied a lot of our time, but it wasn't quite as high tech. Now you play, you modern players, you're all molly coddled now and you're all prima donnas. So Ben Stokes, has he got a bloke who his only job is to carry his Xbox round on tour basically? Well, I'll tell you what did happen though. <laughs> on one tour that I've heard of, the internet speed wasn't quick enough and people weren't happy about it because they had to spend time in quarantine. So they got work people to go into every room and install a hardwired internet connection in all of the boys' rooms who wanted uh, to play PlayStation so that the speed was quick enough. And I can resonate with that because I would never play PlayStation now without a wired internet connection. I can't, it's too bad off Wi-Fi. The idea um, that people call sports people entitled, I just find that outrageous. Yeah. I mean, when you hear the struggles they have to go to in these hotels just to be able to play their games at super perfect fucking speed. <laughs> Unbelievable. I've just got an image Kate. of the whole, all the England top order playing like the cricket game on the Xbox and still just snicking off really early. Just, <laughs> just still really shit at it. <laughs> this, is, this, isn't, this isn't happening in a women's team, is it? But please tell me they're doing something more useful with their lives than playing stupid games. It's about what, this is a time for watching stuff. This is like Kenneth Clark's Civilization, 24 episodes, one hour each. You know, this is like David Attenborough's Green Earth, surely. This isn't a time for PlayStation. This is a time for 
for understanding who you are as a human being in the midst of a global okay. pandemic. They're not in God's waiting room like you. <laughs> well, Kate, I am, I'm doing that nosy thing that you do whenever you see somebody on Zoom now, where I'm basically, I'm looking right past you and doing a bit of um, oh. sleuthing behind you. So I'm trying to oh, work nice, out. Isn't it? So French I can see an exercise bike in there. Um, yeah, strategically yeah. placed. Yeah, I was going to say, so have you got a sort of, have you got to try and stay relatively fit in your hotel room? Have they given you a bit of a workout regime every day? Well, they're all giving yeah. their donuts, are they? <laughs> <laughs> well, they brought me pancakes. Oh, so. okay. I stand corrected. <laughs> um, yeah, so we've been given, so we're obviously, meant to be, it's meant to be like hard quarantine. When we came over last year, we had an exemption to train, um, which we've not had this time, which is mad to say that we're going into a 50 over World Cup. So we've got the exercise bike. I've got a water bag, which I don't know if you, know if you can see Ooh. on the floor there. Like a bag a ba- filled is that a bag of water, is it? Literally a bag of water that you can like do stuff with. What, um, what do you mean, what? Well, can what? you drink it? What, what do you do no, with like, it? It's like, it's, it's like, is it like, like weights, basically? Yeah, yeah so you like, like you squat with it on your back and stuff. Oh, I see. Right, okay. But yeah. the exciting news that we got yesterday was that we've got a yard that you get yard time in, so there's like one hour a day that you can go and get it's some like fresh air. Proper prison, this. You said it, not me. Um, and... <laughs> We're allowed to run around in it, but you've got to keep our pace. So you're not allowed to change your pace that you run. You've got to run in a mask and you've got to be socially distanced from everyone. So wow. um, we were allowed to run outside yesterday. So that was exciting. Wow. You know, you know, quarantine's boring when, when that was exciting. I mean, you know, quarantine's yeah. boring when you've agreed to come on this podcast in the first place, to be fair. <laughs> so, I mean, are, are, what, are, you, are you girls all like, when you're out in the yard, is it like prison? Are you all catching up when you're out there? Or are you jumping on Zoom every day and having team meetings? No, we've not done any cricket actually. Because we had like the, the Ashes was pretty, it was a pretty full full on three weeks, and this is kind of our only downtime now before we go into the madness of what will be a World Cup. So we've got a quiz tonight, which is the first time that we'll all have been on a Zoom together. But yeah, you just kind of find someone in the yard that you've not seen for four days and have a catch up with them and see what they've been up to. But yeah, it's just it's just a bit of madness. It's like I think I'm going to look back on this in twenty years' time and think, what on earth were we doing just to play a game of cricket is crazy i mean running around in masks at the same pace trying to have a conversation you you would look at that isolated incident and think what on earth is going on i forgot to say we're not allowed to sweat either so if we sweat we get told off fuck off sweat sweat you need prince andrew that's what you need in your team (laughs) let's not get into that dan yeah to be fair, I mean, Norcross, you'd be screwed. You sweat just sitting here doing the podcast every week. I, be... I sweat. I sweat constantly. I, I, <laughs> if ever I eat mustard or um, uh, even a sweet chili sauce, for that matter, I mean, full on chili, I sweat like sweat like a pig. But yeah, I mean, there's a there's a there's a genuine light bit of um, of sweat on me because I had a small brandy before I started in on the wine. So. I love the, the the New Zealand authorities dragging out the yard, going, "You've been running too quickly." You're going, "No, I just ate some mustard. I promise." <laughs> <laughs> absolute absolute state of you, Dad. And then, so when you're out, so you're I've out had COVID. Of- Give a man a break. I mean, <laughs> you know, I've actually got the fucking disease. You know what I mean? I have to say that Dan, <laughs> Dan dropped the bomb on us last week when we did this podcast. He had COVID, and I've never seen less sympathy for a man with COVID than me and Finney just carried on with the podcast. We didn't even check in to see if you're okay. <laughs> this is what happens on men's podcasts, Kate. It's really cruel. It's really mean. I want to join a women's podcast. 
Do you want to come on ours again, Dan? I'd rather just be with you guys, you know. I just think it's a much nicer, gentler, and more caring environment than this. Kate, fucking take you know, him, please. really doing my head in. Yeah. Take him in his wheelchair. Buddy. <laughs> See what I mean? See what I mean? And <laughs> uh, I do want to ask you, what's, so once you're out, you're out in a few days, Kate, and then is it making up for lost time? Is it going to be, you know, bleep test? Is it going to be like pre-season for a few days? Have you got any idea what's in store for you? I hope not. So it all got a bit complicated. We were supposed to, we were still meant to be playing the Ashes right now. So that all got changed last minute and they moved the T20 series, which was at the back end of the series to the front end of the series. And that would have meant that when we came over and did 14 days quarantine, which was what it initially was, we had two days before we played our first World Cup game. And that quarantine was meant to be hard quarantine still with no cricket, no gym access. So obviously that would have just been impossible to do pretty much with without an injury for the fast bowlers probably so we actually don't know what we're doing when we get out I think there's a possibility we might be going to Queenstown but nothing's been confirmed obviously there's cricket facilities up there that we can use but we're still we've not really had much time away from cricket and being stuck in your room for 10 days doesn't really count so I think they're going to try and get us away from cricket for a couple of days see the sights of Queenstown and then like jump back into the training regime and tour life that will be with the World Cup. Yeah, I think I think you've you've earned a rest. How? What about the uh, the food? Is that being supplied of the if, sort of the England set up handing things to you? From, I'm just picturing basically prison. I'm picturing a guy in a Hazchem suit dropping off a meal at your doorstep and then running away, basically. Yep, exactly that. So um, <laughs> if you hear a knock on the door, you've got to leave it for a minute, and then you've got to put your mask on, wash your hands. Shut your window, don't understand. Open the door, see what's there. So it's normally food just left in a bag on the floor. The food has been pretty good, actually. Thankfully, if it wasn't, I think there'd be a lot more angry people in this hotel. But I only found out last night that you can actually order more food. So I've been going to bed quite hungry and just found out on day five that you're allowed to like ring up and order food. So I've had a bit of a shocker. Oh, and uh, but now since then, you've ordered what? Some pancakes. Yeah, yeah but pancakes is a weird thing eaten? to order, Kate. That's a weird thing to order because basically pancakes are things that you want to have like really fresh. Yeah. Yeah. I think quarantine, you realize things aren't, you can't get everything really fresh here. So just, I'm, I'm, these are actually my afternoon snack. I'm going to look forward to these later when I've done Gosh. my run around, my light jog around the yard without sweating. I'm going to eat some <laughs> pancakes afterwards. Do you know what? Like, you know, d- the thing I've been watching, this 1970s show Survivors, a dystopian hellhole where nearly everybody's dead, it's quite similar to your life right now, <laughs> in actual fact. It's, it's basically eating mouldy pancakes and, and running well, around. Look, well, I'll show you again, they're not mouldy. No, they're not mouldy, but they're, but they're not fresh, are they? You, I mean, those are not fresh pancakes. It's I mean, a by sorry now, snake. They'll have lost all of their vim and vigour. You know that lovely, fluffy, fluffy. bubbliness you get with a fresh pancake? I mean, now you're just eating... No, they're good. Really? They're nice. Yeah. Are you eating them just raw? Cold. Raw? Well, they've been cooked. It's not yeah, but batter. You're not, not going to put anything on them. I mean, they're pancakes. Have they, have they given you jams of some kind? Kate, you know it's a sorry state of affairs when Dan Norcross is looking down his nose at your existence. I'm not looking down his. No. I'm not looking down my nose. I'm genuinely concerned for her. I think that this isn't the way that elite sports people should have to live with un with uncovered pancakes. I mean, uncovered old pancakes. I mean, that's just not on. And I've, I, I feel, I don't know. Is there anything we can do? In my day, there used to be like Blue Peter campaigns where we'd collect milk bottle tops. 
and send it out to give people like blankets in the Lebanon. And I sort of feel that there should be something that we could do that's a bit like that here on Zero Ducks, if, if we could all like get together and put together some kind of like just giving page. Damn it, I'd remind you that Stephen Finn had COVID in Australia on the other side of the world and had to quarantine for two weeks and we didn't send him a fucking thing. If we now start well, fundraising tried. for Kate, we've got a lot of explaining to Finney to do. Because I've got cold pancakes. <laughs> yeah, because you've got cold Yeah, pancakes. but well, hang on a minute. Kate, Kate, Kate's actually representing England in the World Cup, whereas Finney was just broadcasting still from his hotel room for TMS on the radio, which, you know, so there wasn't a need to look after him in the same way as there is a need for one of our World Cup heroes to be tended and cared for. No, that's a good point, actually. It's very I've good. got a bag of water, Dan. I'm fine. I'm yeah, it's got a bag of water. got a bag of water. <laughs> yeah, that you still can't get your head around. I mean, Dan Norcross can't, can't get, get, his, get my head around his that. head around the concept of a bag of water. It's in the name, Dan. It's a bag of water. Yeah, uh, but, Kate, you I'm, know, I'm fascinated something else know. in it. Save the water for drinking. <laughs> don't put it around your neck. I mean, use a gel of some kind. I don't know. Slime. <laughs> Kate, I'm genuinely fascinated to know your, your plans for the rest of the day. What does your itinerary look like? I've had a busy morning so far. So um, this is my second Zoom call. I've been doing a dissertation interview for one of my friends back home. So that took an hour out of the morning. I've got the yard time to look forward to. <laughs> then I've got some uni work I need to catch up on, which I've avoided for five days. So I need to do some of that. Um, Winter Olympics has been a godsend. Right. Because... Mm. Obviously, something to watch on the TV. What's your favorite? What's your favorite favorite thing on uh, Winter Olympics? I've got four. Um, I really enjoyed. I was watching the Mono Bob last night, which I yep. really enjoyed. And a yep. women's Mono Bob. Won um, by the Americans, though, so not so much fun. Uh, they got a gold no. silver, so hmm. okay, move on. Yeah. Um, what else have I watched? I like the, the ski jumping when they just fly around at like fifty I love foot that. in the air. Telemark position. It's got to be spot on. But for me. You can't beat snowboard cross, can you, Crossy? I mean, snowboard cross, where they are all going down together. Oh, I mean, that's just fantastic. Yeah, exciting. I do. My favourite part of the Winter Olympics is the commentary on the ice, the figure skating, actually, because it's all made up. Yep. They're like, we're just going to do some inside brackets with a headbanger on the floor. And that, like, it's just all made up. <laughs> it is. Love it. It is. <laughs> Although the thing I hate most, right, and this is where I'm going to come over a bit old, it's the oh, half pipe. What now? Yeah. You just be, you've been quoting a fucking TV show from the 1970s nobody's heard of for the last 30 minutes, and now well, you're going to come across not, old. No, not nobody. I think you'll find that, you know, on average, probably about 28% of this population has heard of survivors and loved it deeply. Uh, I, I know many of them are in care homes, and some of them won't even be able to give you that answer because they've lost the power of speech. But... <laughs> 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 but it, it's still there that feeling is still there but i tell you what i've got to say can i get something off my chest kate i hate the half pipe and i hate the people who do it i would say hate is a very strong word and i don't hate them but just pull up your trousers and stop saying dude in an interview because it just dudes the shit out of me that dude half pipe shit where they're all just just like they're loving every single part of every single thing they're doing annoys me uh, and i don't know why 
Am I cruel? Because, because I mean, I don't think the, the word dude They're was annoying, designed. aren't they? They're I don't annoying. Think the word dude was designed for you, Norcross. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I'll be well, honest I like, with you. Look, I like the big Lebowski. I like the I like the word dude used in the right in the right place. But this is not the right place. The half pipe is not the right place for the dude. If, if the word dude wasn't designed for the snowboard half pipe, then what other environment was it made for? Of course they will use the word dude, you idiot. Uh, that leads on to another feature that we should come back to in the future weeks where we're going to teach Dan Norcross some, uh, some roadman speak. But Finney, I want to come to you because uh, you had to quarantine with COVID in Australia. Advice for our guests here, Kate Cross, on TV shows, films, general getting through the day. Yes, I did spend some time in quarantine. No, I, I played a lot of PlayStation. I worked hard with TMS, obviously. I got worked very hard by Adam, the producer, um, because us paupers that work in radio have to do long, hard shifts as opposed to the, uh, the fancy Dan's. I mean, he's not that fancy, but yeah, Dan. Um, no, he's, he's, he's right. He's, 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 he's dead right. They do make them work hard on radio for very little reward. Yeah, that's okay. Did you get any nice FaceTimes off any mates or anything to pass some time? I, I got some, um, some interesting FaceTimes over the course of the 11 days. I also yeah, got I'm some not lovely had any. gifts. I haven't had any, so I was oh. just wondering if you, if you might have had someone ring you when you're in, FaceTime, when you're in quarantine. Oh. I did, but I've still got 48 hours to go until, um, until you're out, so I'll have to give you... Um, <laughs> I'll give you a buzz, of course, and let you know what's been going on in my life. Sorry, I'm going to um, be busy in the yard, so. No, 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 no. You'll make time for me. Come on, you can spare me 30 seconds. I'll just whinge about these two taking up 90 minutes of my week for no money for the last 52 weeks. 53 now. Have you um, really not had yeah. a FaceTime all week? Not from Stephen, no. Unbelievable. <laughs> no. You, you Manchester Kate originals. Kate was very... She was very hospitable to me during um, during lockdown and gave me her time to to help me through it. And and I've been a poor friend, to be quite frank. Wow. The only reason I've come on this today. To call me out. I can't say I'm surprised, really. That is typical <laughs> of Finney, actually. He does look after himself. He does look after himself. Well, it's, say... typical, it's typical of English cricket, to be fair. Mm. You know, I mean, you see, you see all the Australian boys, you know, they're always tweeting encouragement to their team, but, you know, Oh, guys, don't they get they get their FaceTime chats mm-hmm. when they're in their own quarantine? But you know, out of sight, out of mind. Once they're out of there, then they're yeah. you know, living it up, having a laugh in Haywards Heath. Yeah, no, yeah. me and um, me and Crossy are, are each other's bowling coaches. That's why we've we've exchanged exchanged bowling videos and bowling tips. She's given me more useful ones than I've given her, which is um, mm. quite understandable. Oh, I don't um, know about that. I don't know about that, Finney. Since we started doing some coaching with each other, you've lost a contract, gone to Sussex. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. So that's pretty harsh. And yeah. you, on the other, you on the other hand, have taken more uh, ODI wickets than any other woman in the England team at the moment in the last uh, twelve months. I mean, it's got a one-sided relationship this all round, yeah. really, isn't it? Yeah. Hey, I'll take the credit for that, though. It's fine. I'm happy to be on the back burner taking the credit. What about if you just send Kate a video of your over to John Simpson and then she just learns what not to do? She was there watching it live, so she doesn't need to see a video of it. We actually left early for that reason. We had to get on, on the motorway. <laughs> Finney, which is he had as well. <laughs> Isn't it lovely? I mean, you know, that's three of us here on this call all saw it live because I actually commentated it. It was uh, it was a really beautiful moment in my life. <laughs> Uh, now, Kate, we are recording on Valentine's Day, so presumably 
some point today there's going to be a knock on the door. Uh, then you've got to wait a minute, close the windows, put a mask on. And when you open it, there'll be probably a mountain of, of well wishes, I'd imagine. Uh, well, we've already had Valentine's Day, so I can show you what I got sent. Here we go. Here we go. So this is from uh, the Doubletree Hilton. Yeah. They sent me a macaroon. Oh, oh they sent you a macaroon. Beautiful. Oh, that's yeah, just and one. it's melted, so it's actually it, out of shape now. It's pink, though. Oh. Do you think that's a little stereotyping? Would you have preferred blue or maroon, magenta? Well, maybe? I would have... I would have actually preferred like a chocolate cake because I don't like macaroons. So. <laughs> no, me neither. Uh, 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 I don't think I've ever told you about the time that me and my dad once we went on a uh, we went on a holiday. We went on safari together. I was going off to uni, and dad went before you go to uni, let's go on a father son holiday. So we went on safari to this really posh lodge in South Africa, and it was Valentine's Day, and we went out for our nighttime drive. And when we came back, they'd got us confused with the couple on their honeymoon next door. So me and my dad walk into the hotel. And while we've been away, they've been busy in the bedroom, right? And there's there, we open the door and there's rose petals leading up to the bed. Rose petals all over the bed. Someone's run a bar. There's candles everywhere. The <laughs> towels have been made into swans that are kissing. And I look at my dad and go, fucking hell, did you organise this? <laughs> and he's like, no. <laughs> Turns out that they thought we were the people doing the honeymoon next door. I was like, dad, this is a bit weird, this. I'm not going to lie. You suggested this holiday. They're very... <laughs> Very similar to Kate's macaroon in many ways. That is very, very un- that's a very unnerving story, Toby. I'm, I'm slightly concerned by that. Yeah, you think that's unnerving? The bath was pretty weird, to be honest. But uh, you know, we were still filthy. Got, you still got in it. You still, you still got. <laughs> Somebody still had cracked to scrub open dad's the bottle back. of complimentary prosecco. <laughs> oh, some, look, that, dad's got spots that are hard to reach, and somebody had to reach them. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and on that, and on that note, Kate, we're going to let you go. Kate, well, you, enjoy, enjoy the yard, but be careful though, because every time you mention your yard thing, I kept thinking about Prisoner Cell Block H. Do you ever watch it? Because no. when the girls, oh, when the girls are out in the yard, shit happens. It's really, really bad. People get stabbed. Um, they get their heads like plunged through basketball hoops. None of it's good. So just be well, careful. We, be careful in the yard. Is all I'm saying. We've not had any stabbings yet. Um, <laughs> So I'll keep you updated, though, if anything happens. Kate, genuinely, we're going to be rooting for you in the World Cup. We'll hopefully chat to you before. But 5th of March, you're playing the old enemy Australia. A bit of payback on the cards. But best of luck with it. Uh, And uh, it's coming home. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Cheers, Kate. All the best. Thank you for joining us. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thank you very much to the very brilliant, always brilliant Kate Cross and to our earlier guest, Richard Madley, as well. Not to be confused with Richard Madeley, the guy that's like Alan Partridge. Uh, We should make that very, very clear. Please, if you've got any comments about Zero Dots Given, make sure you tweet the right Richard Madley slash Madeley, please. Um, we will talk about England and Stuart Broad and Jimmy Anderson and all that stuff next week. Stuart Broad's been quite vocal this week about his dropping from the England side. Jimmy Anderson so far has said absolutely nothing. Uh, we'll cover all of that next week. But we've had a busy show this week. So all that's left to do is say goodbye to Daniel Norcross. We'll say goodbye to uh, Stephen Finn. Finney, best of luck in uh, pre-season nets this week, mate. Don't forget, brace front leg, bend your back, mate, if you want to get those uh, miles per hour up. Yeah, thanks. I need advice off bowling, for bowling from anyone. It won't fucking be you. <laughs> I'd rather ask Sal and Norcross than you. So, um, it's the nicest keep, you've ever said to me. Yeah, keep, keep your trap shut. <laughs> See you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to Zero Ducks Given this week. And if you haven't had enough of me for one week, 
then please can I recommend that you check out my good friends, Jim Daly and Dave Bibby's podcast. It launched last week. They are two very funny chaps. It is called Who's Your Team? And I had the honor of being the first guest ever on their new podcast. And if you like the sound of that, listen to this. Hi, I'm Jim Daly. And I'm Dave Bibby. And we host a podcast on Audio Boom called Who's Your Team? Where we interview celebrities about their favorite football team. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> That's the podcast. And in series one, we've got Toby Tarrant. When we were finishing eighth under Roy Hodgson, no one was going, glory supporter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Matthew Horn. I was very, very quickly brought back down to earth. <laughs> Tom Deacon. But just because he's iconic, and then the more that I've met him and worked with him, nah, fine. Uh, we've many <laughs> time now. <laughs> and more. Episode one with Toby Tarrant is out now. Search for Who's Your Team with Jim Daly and Dave Bibby wherever you get your podcasts. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.